We're going to Halloween Day, 1979. It was a Wednesday. This would have been great to do on Halloween, but I didn't know about this. Oh, uh, sorry. I don't think, no, I didn't know about this story because I started doing Otis Tool in November. Uh-huh. But this body that we found was found October 31st, 1979. It was a Wednesday, Interstate 35, five miles north of Georgetown, a half mile north of the Wahlberg exit in Williams County in Texas. I also have a photo of the of the location, so I think it we can find it. Interesting how like they were all over the country, forty eight states. I know, right? That is fascinating to me. Yes, I know we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about that yet, but how they're they've intersected with other murderers who were working at the time, as you like to say, and um, I that that is a pretty crazy well, thing that they would be like traveling murders murderers. Let me just say before we get into all that, that Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole, the lovers, they are known as the confession killers. Yep. For instance, Henry Lee Lucas confessed to 600 murders. Jeez. But then once he got the death penalty, he said, I didn't kill anybody but my own mama. All right. We know there's a dead body here. We know there's a dead body in this case. And we know it's an unsolved or it was an unsolved mystery for a long time. With this case we're doing tonight. The only question is who killed this woman we're going to talk about. Was it Otis Tool? Was it Henry Lee Lucas? Or was it someone who is still unidentified? Perhaps another serial working in the area. So this is Wahlberg, Texas. Okay. Not like uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Marky Mark. Okay, I think this is this is about where we're at right here. I kind of want to find the actual thing. But then again, this was, what did I say, 1981? No, 1979. So, it, you know what, this, this might be it right here. Yep, right here. That's it. Right here, there's this little culvert here, because I'll show you a photo of it. All right, you saw that? Mm-hmm. Now see this. Huh? Yeah. But anyway, we're going right there. Okay. That's where we're going to tonight. Night. And like I said, this is 1979. You may have heard of this case for, I don't know, it was pretty recently as of 2019, had some updates. So we're going to get into that. It is a Wednesday and two men driving a truck. They're going down the access road, which is the side road to the interstate. And they look out. There's this little culvert down there. And I'll show you the culvert right now. Mm-hmm. Here's the culvert. So it's just a little underpass on the bridge, about 10 feet down. You see, here, what is this? Looks like a blurred out oh, censored thing. Yep. So this is where they found a body. It Ooh, wasn't boy. it wasn't hidden, as you see. I mean, it was pretty much right there in the open. If they yeah, wanted, if they were going to hide it, like they could have done a lot better job. Well, how did they get the body down there? If it's sitting right there, it looks like they just kind of chunked it off this off little the bridge, yeah, or whatever, off this bridge. Or the overpass. Yeah, and she did have bruises, some post death bruises to show that they just dumped. They are one guy. Or or two guys dumped her right off the bridge. Got it. All right. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Now, this case is famous for one reason. Well, as we're going to see, there was an epidemic of murders in this area at the time. An epidemic. In fact, one of the papers I'm going to show you, the title talks about the police holding a, quote, seminar for the epidemic of bodies piling up along I-35. There, uh, Colleen is asking about the pronunciation. I know we talked a little bit about that on Saturday. It's um, O-T-T-I-S, right? 
yeah. goddess is, um, I guess, how it's actually pronounced. Mm-hmm. I, I made tried to make the same correction um, on uh, on Saturday when we were recording. Yeah, I uh, it is pronounced Otis Tool from what the book that I read. Plus, I even wa- you know watched uh, some how what do you call it though? like news clips or whatever news cl- yeah news clips and interviews. No, I don't get a what you say no more. Just take it, gently. Using words not fit for primetime TV, Otis Tool told off defense attorney Richard Tagmire today in court. There you go. Boom, Otis Tool. Oh, dude, check out that freaking radio, dude. Wow. Hold on. That is a sick boombox back there, dude. But thank you, uh, Colleen, for calling that out. Because if it was Otis, I sound like a total dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Well, it just sounds like a typical like John Johnism mispronunciation. No, I know? mean, trust me. Down here in South Carolina, we have a lot of Otises. <laughs> I guess. You know. Yeah. All right. The reason that this case was so infamous compared to all the other ones I'm going to show you, including one where a woman was stabbed 27 times in the face with a screwdriver, her case wasn't even infamous, was for one reason. And that is this reason right here. Her socks. Her socks. This is known as the orange socks case. She was completely nude except for her socks. Hmm. And I mean, those are pretty unique. Yeah. Were they having a hard time identifying the body? And that was why they were so honed in on the socks. Exactly, yeah. They couldn't identify the body. They thought that she was perhaps a hitchhiker. And not only that, I'm going to show you, there was a lot of murder in this one little section in in the the years 1979 to 1981. So was there another serial killer in the area? Um, I I, I was thinking about that today, reading some of the newspapers. And well, you know what? Let's answer that question right now. Let, Let me just go real quick before we talk about this woman's body and everything else. Let's talk about the other slayings and you'll see why I don't think so because... You think it was... they Were they in the area during the time of these murders? Other murders, you know? All right, so here is some of the other murders. The reason I don't think it was a serial killer doing all these is because the MO is so different. But you will hear Otis Tool specifically say that, and he is not a smart man, but he says multiple times, you have to change up the MO. He says that. I mean, he doesn't know what he's talking about half the time, but he knows what the M.O. is and he changes it up. That's pretty intelligent. Exactly. Right. You just saw him on the stand. You would think he's an idiot. But is he or is he some kind of mastermind? Because who knows that stuff unless you're actually doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, and some people believe Otis Tool didn't kill anyone on purpose. Just that George guy that we talked about on last episode. All right. let, Let me just talk about these to answer your question. Okay. This is some of the murders that have been happening. Let me see. The women whose slangs have occurred in and near Travis County over the past two years have been shot, stabbed, and strangled. Some have been killed during sexual assault, others during robberies. Now, we're going to do an episode of Otis Tool where we 100% can place him at a gas station robbery where a sheriff's father was killed. We can place him there with 100% accuracy because he knew information about that scene that was not released to public. Okay. So we know that he was involved in a robbery. We also know that he was involved in arson, right? And mm-hmm. he talks about strangulation and stabbing people with, with knives, as we're going to get to, and, and all that other stuff. Yeah. So 
Anyway, so I'm building up the interest. Like, is this him? Yeah. I'm going to kind of read through these victims. Uh, one girl, McCouston, a Lanier High School sophomore, was the youngest. She was snatched from her bicycle and dumped on I-35. An unidentified woman, Hispanic, mid-20s, thir- uh, she was stabbed 23 times with a screwdriver. Susan Wolf, 25, University of Texas, had been forced into a car in her own street and then dumped on I-35. Unidentified woman who we're talking about now, her body nude except for a pair of orange socks, was found in a culvert over the southbound lanes. That's what we're talking about now. Sandra Dubs, 34, who was stabbed and slashed to death in a field behind a television production company. I mean, this this is some slasher type shit. Mm-hmm. Sandra Dubs, 34, found stabbed and slashed to death in a field behind a television production company. I mean, that's some slasher movie shit. Uh-huh. Schilling, 27, a few blocks away from one of the other victims. And there's like 10 more I can go through. There was a couple killed, a Rita Salazar and her boyfriend. Their bodies were both dumped 70 miles apart. Jeez. So, so now that we're talking about that real quick, before we get on to the actual episode, this was a murder epidemic. If you see this paper right here. So th- so it was like a murder spree, but they all seemed so different. Exactly. Yeah. And he knows, as Martin says, he don't know much, but he knows that much. Yeah. Um, that he had to change up hit the MO. You see a murder epidemic. Yep. And then police seminar conducting on Interstate I-35 is blurry because I'm too lazy to log in. I don't know. You're fine. <laughs> Like I have it on my computer, not my this iPad thing. Anyway, yeah, so there was a murder epidemic for sure. A Ray Hardy son, Williamson County Chief of Criminal Investigation said, quote, is getting to be a pretty good dumping ground. The MO, as you saw, is different in literally every single case, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Okay, anyway, back to the murder. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. The question, the answer is we don't know. Halloween day, two men driving west on this two-way access road found the body of orange socks, which that's what we're going to call her by, in, in this culvert. The body was naked except for the orange socks. Police never found the rest of her clothing. Keep that in mind. They never found the rest of the clothing. Mm-hmm. She was white, early 20s, 5'9", 158 pounds, a pug nose, and pierced ears. That's what the paper said. She was strangled hours before discovery. Now, I found a more detailed autopsy about it that said she had been dead about 10 to 12 hours when her body was found. Okay. A large amount of bruising was visible on the neck. The Autopsy says the medical examiner postulates that she was strangled from behind. Hmm. So either she was trying to exit the car through the passenger side, the killer reached over, grabbed her, pulled her back in, strangled her, or she was strangled from the back seat by someone else in the car. Which is, isn't that like that's the urban legend that is not maybe not an urban legend with somebody hiding behind your back in your back seat? Oh, yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. it. I'm reading these newspapers before Henry Lee Lucas, who was ultimately blamed for the crime, and Otis Tool were caught. And I've seen papers that said the autopsy strangled from behind. Kind of makes it sound like two people, maybe. And also another newspaper that the, the police said the killer are killers because they think, I mean, to drag a dead body even a short distance and then prop the body. And I know she's only 160 pounds, but Henry Lee Lucas is a small dude. Mm-hmm. To prop the body 
body against the little guardrail and then shove it over. That's a lot for one person. Dead weight is a lot heavier than you think it is. You know what I'm saying? She was dragged and thrown over the guardrail. This was on Interstate 35. She had other bruises from being dropped over the guardrails. So we know she was definitely dumped over there. There was a matchbook found near the body from Oklahoma. That's weird. It was from this little hotel in Oklahoma, which isn't too far from Texas, but it definitely seems like either she was there or the killer was there. Someone was in Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, I found that she was both sexually assaulted and not raped. I've seen both literally from the same damn newspaper. So I'm going with she was not because of this. There was a sanitary napkin found and it is believed she was using it it because she was menstruating. Is that a thing? I, I guess if you have nothing else, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, but what I'm what I'm wondering is, I mean, sexual and assault, sexual assault and rape aren't do do not have to be the same thing. Okay. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? R- rape is sexual assault, but sexual assault doesn't have to be rape. Yeah, I know. So, I wish they would just make it ubiquitous. You know? Well, no, because they mean different. They could mean different things. So she could have been. Um, sexually violated in some way that may not have been like I have been sexually assaulted in my life, but I've not been raped. I think that's because of the napkin using as a tampon was found. Sanitary napkin. A sanitary napkin is not a tampon. No, I I know that. Okay. But <laughs> just make you you just said something that made it sound like that's what. But that's what it was used for. That's it what, was it was used because she was using a sanitary napkin likely because she was menstruating. Yeah, as a tampon or whatever. What what's the <laughs> God the wings or whatever? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> She was using that. She was using a sanitary napkin because she was menstruating. You don't need to say as a tampon because a tampon functions differently. Yeah, I guess, man. You know, I will say you guys are lucky (laughs) because in South Africa, some of the tribes still have to use lamb skin. Yes, I suppose so. So unless you want to be bleeding all over some lamb skin, consider yourself privileged. I will just say I'm so privileged. (laughs) Uh, From the Austin Statesman on November 2nd, 1979, Sheriff Jim Boutwell said the only possible clue to the killer was the sighting of a gray car can. Sorry, gray car. It's all right. Parked alongside the northbound lanes of the highway about one and a half miles from where the body was found. Let me uh, explain my really shitty typing skills. It is neither car or can. It is supposed to be van. And that is actually really important. (laughs) And I cannot believe I typed that wrong. (laughs) Van, not can. Yeah, it is van, which is super important. Super important because Henry Lee Lucas wasn't driving a van. Ah, okay. (laughs) But, which is, think about it. The van was spotted by Sergeant Red Watson around 2.30 a.m. The body was found around 4 o'clock p.m. that day, which lines up exactly with the time that the body was deceased. Mm -hmm. Remember, I said 10 to 12 hours. That would be, that would put it right at 4 p.m., right when the body was found. So, I strongly believe that whoever was driving this van done done it. Because who 
else would be parked there? I think they should go back and look through this and see to to find the killer Mm because the killer is still not caught. Or is he? I don't know. Did he confess? The reason this case is so important, not just for Otis Toole, but this is the case that put Henry Lee Lucas on death row. This case out of of 600, this case. Wow. Now, you're going to read from Governor Bush here in a little bit who converted his death penalty to life sentence. But this is the case that put him on death row initially. Which he was later removed from. Exactly, yeah. Which kind of surprises me. Well, I guess he was he was tried in probably a dozen states, right? They were probably, if they were traveling. I, d- I don't know. Honestly, I haven't gotten to the court and trial yeah. and all. But I would imagine there's a shit ton of states versus, you know, Henry Lee Lucas. And I don't think so. I mean, I know there's a shit ton of states, but I mean, for all right, let's say that he confesses to a murder in, I don't know, South Dakota. All right. And maybe he saw the murder on the news or maybe read it in newspaper or, you know, inmates talk. Is South Dakota going to spend the money to bring him to trial if they don't have real evidence? And Maybe not. You know what I'm saying? I think if he's got enough to go away and go away forever, but yeah. it's more closure for the families. Yeah, but that closure c- comes money. at a, as it, a cost. They got to they know they can get a conviction. Yeah, because yeah. some of these court cases end up being over a million dollars. That's a lot mm-hmm. for closure. Yep. You know? Martin confirmed we don't play in Texas, but that is an interesting observation. Sheriff Jim Boutwell said about orange shocks, we don't think any one killer is stalking I-35. The only real common denominator is the interstate. It is a very long interstate. Yeah. Running through Texas. Big state. Big state. And it became a dumping ground in these two years. So we just got to figure out if Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool were driving through there like they said they were. Yeah. This is Otis's story. What happened? Henry Lee Lucas was driving. They were driving from Oklahoma and they found a hitchhiker. Now, they don't know her name. They said it was, I think, Judy or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll see if that lines up. Henry Lee Lucas stopped this for this hitchhiker, had sex with her, which that doesn't line up with the rape, the no rape, okay? Stopped for a meal, tried to have sex again. She refused. She tried to jump out of the car. Henry pulled her back in, which does line up with being choked from behind, jumping out of the car. No, you're not going anywhere. Kind of choked out like that. Yep. So he then strangled her and then he had sex with her again, saying, quote, the girl fought quite a bit and, quote, no girl likes to get killed. She put up a pretty good fight, end quote. And also, quote, I prefer sex after death anyway, end quote. Now, let's see what Otto tool says about this murder, about the murder of orange socks. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the back seat, Otis tool said, and I leaned over and choked the shit out of her. Otis said he had strangled orange socks and then he'd watched Henry have sex with her dead body. That's what Otis said. All right. Now, there's some inconsistencies. Okay. We know this woman is dead and we know who she is as of 2019. She has been identified through genetic DNA wow. matching. Okay. So I'm going to tell you who she is. She has been identified. The killer still remains not unknown. But there, Henry Lee Lucas was convicted of this murder. Exactly. It's not that I don't, I don't want to present false information because they're the confession killers and this, that, and the other. But I want to know for myself if this guy was involved in all these murders or not. 
I mean, it's, if they did really did kill that many people, yeah, it's kind of a lot to remember. I'm not trying to be, you know, insensitive about it, but that's a that's a it's a lot. So let's talk real quick about the confession. That is what Otis said happened. When Henry Lee Lucas confessed, Otis wasn't there in the car. But maybe he just forgot, you know? Anyway, the story was similar. And Henry Lee Lucas then recanted the confession because now he's on death row. And like Martin said, Texas don't play, especially with no death row. They'll, you know, they'll 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 roast you quick mm-hmm. in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the wait times are pretty long, you know? Yeah. But the, yeah. So he finds himself on death row and he starts recanting. Oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. So doubts were raised. All right. Okay. There's strong evidence to believe that Henry Lee Lucas was in Florida at the time for another murder. However, he could have driven this way, although it would have been the wrong way he was driving because from Oklahoma, he would have to be driving on I-35 to the west to east. From Florida, he would have to be driving east to west, pick up this hitchhiker and then killer on the interstate and then drive all the way back to Florida. Possible. If he did do this, I saw in some one paper, he would have to be driving about 70 miles per hour the entire way and have no stops. He could have done it. Yep. I'm not saying he didn't, but there are strong doubts. But there are also, there's also a jury of 12 and the DA and a lot of other people who think he is the killer right. of Orange Socks, right? On June 26th, 1998, Bush, that was Governor Bush at the time, spared Henry Lee Lucas from the death penalty. He was going to be executed for this murder the following Tuesday. Wow. And this is what Governor Bush- Cutting it close, my God. I know. This is what Governor- Well, now you see why he recanted. He didn't want to get put to death. And Otis Tool said multiple times, because Otis can't be put to death. He ain't sane. The court thinks he's a lunatic. Hmm. Otis says multiple times, as we'll talk about, the only reason his lover, Henry Lee Lucas, is, is recanting all these is because he don't want to get killed. He don't want to die on death row. Anyway, mm. can you read what George Bush said about this? The first question, I feel like I need to do it in his accent. Oh, God. <laughs> the first question I ask in each death penalty case is whether there is any doubt about whether the individual is guilty of the crime, Bush said. While Henry Lee Lucas is guilty of committing a number of horrible crimes, serious concerns have been raised about his guilt in this case, the governor said. That wasn't very good, but I tried. No, it was good. I was kind of trying to go with the ah, fool me once, shame on me, yeah. fool me twice, don't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to channel that vibe, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. The DA, Martin says the DA wants a conviction. I said a couple yeah, yeah, episodes yeah. ago, maybe even a couple months ago, that I would love to find a case where I can actually show you this detective and this police uh, precinct fed this information to kind of force a confession Mm -hmm. just to get cases off the books. And I really believe that a lot of these murders have been gotten off the books. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Attorney General Jim Mattox investigated it and he said, no, I mean, this is a horrible crime. He's a horrible person, but there's no way he could have done it. Lucas said at first in the tape confessions that he picked up the woman in Texas. 
We think she comes from Oklahoma. Williamson County Sheriff Jim Boutwell reminds him that in the tape confession, when Henry is telling her, yeah, I picked him up in te- I picked her up in Texas, Sheriff Jim Boutwell says on the tape, quote, that's not what you said earlier, right? Mm. Then he changes the story. Yeah, I picked her up in Oklahoma. He couldn't remember if he left the body north or south of Austin. And he couldn't even remember that she was wearing the orange socks, what she was known for. But again, though, like if, yeah, I can't imagine if if he really did kill so many people that he would get all those details right either. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. So the fact that there are inconsistencies in the story to me doesn't say he couldn't have done it. Yeah, exactly. I would just be like, ah. But what about Otis? They wouldn't know what's what. Same, same. How like would they really know what color socks somebody was wearing? I get the orange socks are distinctive. But uh, what about the van? Unless it was a stolen van. Could be. Um, All right. So the jurors, they hear that tape confession of Henry Lee Lucas. Okay. Right. Making those inconsistencies. And then the judge looking at the tape notices something's wrong with the tape. The prosecution actually, quote, deleted the tape where Lucas was confused about where he dropped the body. Okay. So talk about a DA wanting a conviction. The prosecution deleted a portion of the tape. From the Austin American Statesman, April 4th, 1984, when defense attorneys cross-examined Boutwell, the sheriff said that in a portion of the tape deleted by prosecutors, Lucas mentioned a woman with blonde hair instead of brown. The slain woman had brown hair. They deleted some of the tape. Come on, man. That's us. As the kids would say these days, sus. Williamson County District Attorney Ken Anderson, who helped put Lucas on death row, said he was a monster who undoubtedly killed Orange Sox. Lucas was proved guilty beyond a reasonable doubt to 12 citizens. The case has been reviewed by 23 judges over the past 14 years, Anderson said. The only other reason to grant clemency is for reasons of mercy. There is no one less deserving of such than Lucas. So, I mean, the case has been reviewed by 23 judges over 14 years. That's pretty... It's a lot. That's, I mean... That's a lot of resources. Exactly. And all those judges say that Henry Lee Lucas and, I guess, Otis Tool killed this lady. Okay? Hmm. Now, Lucas did say during the pretrial hearing, he heard about the murder through a crime analysis bulletin, which is like, why would he have access to that? And then he told the sheriff, quote, what he wanted to hear, end quote. And on the other token, the parole board strongly believes that, quote, firmly, this man remains guilty as found by the jury. Nothing we've done affects that finding. We know she was strangled. We know she was thrown out the culvert. I also brought up multiple other bodies, Mm -hmm. about 20 other homicides in this area. Yeah. So we, but we do not know if Otis really was was telling the truth or if Henry Lee Lucas just did it. But we do know who this woman is at least. And that's all we do know now. It was her murder actually was recently identified through genetic testing DNA. It was, it was not direct DNA. It was the, uh, what do you call it? Um, Like ancestral. ancestral DNA, but I'm pulling up some papers now. So we can see her name is Deborah Louise Jackson, known as Orange Socks. And she was identified nearly 40 years later. She had a DNA match that pinged with her surviving sister. They didn't even know she was missing. Okay, because this was like in the paper. I was reading it and it was, you know, out to everyone. 
Oh, I didn't know this was on America's. This this case has been featured twice on America's Most Wanted. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Hmm. So in 2016, they still didn't have a lead, but they did put out this sketch trying to find information. So they were actually still working on the case 40 years later. And then just a few years after that, they found out who she was. Wow. 23-year-old Deborah Jackson, Orange Sox. In August 2019, Orange Sox was identified as Deborah Jackson. The DNA Doe Project identified a potential cousin of Orange Sox through their research. A towel was found at the scene along with her body, which she may have been using as a makeshift sanitary napkin. One of two matchbooks were found belonging to a hotel from Henrietta, Oklahoma, which supported the fact that she may be a drifter. She was actually born and is in from Texas. So the the matchbook, it could have been a fluke. Huh. Or Well, that kind of adds more credence to when he's like, I picked her up in Texas. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a right? good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe point. what I like, and again, I I keep going back to if he really killed that many people, he's probably not going to get every detail correct. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Right. So one report claims that at the time of Jackson's murder, Lucas was working in Florida, where the murder took place. In order to have traveled to Oklahoma, to Texas, and back to Florida, it is estimated that he would have to had drive an average of seventy miles per hour without stopping, which many find unlikely. So. But, but I mean, if he picked her up in Texas, not Oklahoma, yeah, then that whole thing is way more plausible. Yeah. Jackson was last seen around 1977, so two years before, and had never been reported missing. That's where mm-hmm. I got that from, so I don't know. Ah, okay. It says that she had worked at the Ramada End in Texas. So, well, so it looks like she, you know, I, you know, that theory about driving 70 miles an hour d- doesn't hold water anymore because no. she was picked she, up in Texas. Or she was at least from Texas. What, no, she, she was, was working at the Ramada, then, the Ramada Hotel. Yeah, then in, the whole Oklahoma thing is just not even relevant. Th- she was working in Armarilla, Texas at the Ramada end. So now that I think about it, Henry Lee Lucas he was only coached to say Oklahoma, but he kept saying Texas, which does add more weight to it. Does. So anyway, it's good that she's identified. It's not good that, I mean, shit, maybe he did all of them. Because the F knows? Him and Otis Tool. I mean, you were like, when I told you 400, 600 murders, you're like, what the fuck? I just showed you like... Well, there's they like just, 20. Were they just driving around together all over the yeah, country? Yeah, they were supposedly driving around and killing people. I just showed you 20 that were dumped in nearly the same location within two years. That's a lot. Otis killed on his own before he met Henry. Henry Vice versa. Ki- yeah, exactly. Interesting. Guys, this is a, a supplemental episode. Oh, to, this was a full episode for I, sure. I know, but it was a supplemental episode. This is a supplemental episode to Otis Tool. I am still researching this guy. I've read two books already and I'm waiting on another. Another one that's coming in is kind of rare. You had to get it like, you know, from eBay. And I don't know. I, I just can't He's get enough research because I can't figure this dude out. He's interesting. But I can do these little episodes to kind of piece it together. Yeah. You know, obviously we want to do the one on Adam Walsh mm-hmm. and the digging of the bodies in the graveyard. I want to see how much credence is, is to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I want to go into the cult that he was supposedly in, the Hand of Death cult. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You gave us like such interesting teasers 
yeah. on Saturday. I, kind I mean, of he's an interesting stuff. dude, man. It's either he is just it, all right. Either he's a dim-witted idiot, or he is a freaking criminal mastermind. Literally, you see him on the stand. He looks like a complete idiot. But how does he know about changing mo's? And how does he know about all this Satanism cult stuff and know. locations? And like, dude, he's like the most interesting serial killer I've ever studied. Really interesting. Yeah. That's saying a lot because we've covered some really interesting ones. Yeah. You know, we finally did Dahmer. You Dom- weren't you weren't impressed by Ramirez, you know. You were like, meh. Dahmer, Dahmer is still number one, dude. I mean, I, I don't I know he's like media Netflix popular now. And now his dad's dead. Mm-hmm. So he's coming back. He's coming back. But Dahmer <laughs> was truly a fascinating case. If you haven't listened to my Dahmer series, and that was right when I started doing long like multiple parts like that. So I yeah. did like eight episodes. Remember yeah, that one, one that I did with the mannequin? Yes, that, I, that one sticks I mean, with me. I mean, who the fuck else does those types I of fucking know. episodes, dude? I know. It was excellent. It was excellent. I'm fishing I, a little bit. I know you are, but it that that one was... Is, the way you told that one sticks out to me. Um, yeah, I mean, she's crazy. Um, anyway. Well, I can't wait to hear more about him. I'm, I'm, I, the, the, where are you going to go next? Do you know? Because I'm, I'm really curious about the whole grave robbing cannibalism. Yeah, I think thing. we got to talk about his childhood, which is great because supposedly he did kill someone when he was 14. So that would technically be his first murder. You shake your head like he didn't ha- he had a choice or maybe he did it because he loved it. How do you know he wasn't forced into a situation where he had to kill? Hmm. Think about that. But, you know. Interesting. So. Interesting. I, I will say a lot of Otis's family at the time and even today, as this one author I read tried to pry open some stuff, refused to talk. No, no amount of money can get them to talk. That's hmm. saying that that family has some secrets, man. And not just hmm. the Otis secret. Yeah, I bet. Like, that has some some bad secrets in that family. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just a little uh, episode, and I don't know. We'll be uh, we'll be on headlines tomorrow, obviously. And if you didn't uh, check out the episode today, I put the little disasterthon episode in there. Go and check that one out. Uh, just search in any podcasting app, disasterthon. Thank you so much for subscribing to that. I, I will say you want to subscribe because I, I know I'm going to do some sort of giveaway, probably just money or something. It would only be like for the first I don't know, 100 subscribers or whatever, like in a raffle cool. or whatever. So Love it. anyway, but I hope you guys enjoyed. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. I kind of run this shit.